0: Whose words these are, I know. A program with wisdom to sow. Chat GPT's words, like new fallen snow. Do you ever feel lost? Yes. Oh. Vete conmigo amigo a hablar y caminar porque el camino se hace al andar Vete conmigo amigo a hablar y caminar porque el camino se hace al andar Se hace al andar
1: Welcome to Alandar this is Jim I'm joined by Marcos on this episode, I wanted to uh, share a condensed version of a presentation I gave um, at an event at Bronx Community College called the ChatGPT Symposium. Um, that's what I what I brought for you know our grown-up show and tell. If that's
0: okay with you, Marcos, it's okay with me. But my answer might have been generated by AI.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the talk
1: that I gave um, was called uh, ChatGPT, a brief intro. What I was trying to do was um, to an audience of mostly students, give them kind of a an introduction into what ChatGPT is. Um, now, ChatGPT... Uh, In particular, you know, was uh, coming out. Uh, A lot of students weren't uh, familiar with it, even faculty. Um, I was one of the people who um, was very interested when this came out. And because of the disruptions that were taking place, fears, concerns people had, um, we organized this ChatGPT symposium. Mhm. So, um I think let's start out with um some basic uh information to catch anybody up uh who 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 needs it and then we'll we'll briefly move on to like anything that's important. Uh so uh ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence chatbot uh developed by OpenAI and I tried to use by the way in this presentation like simplified language, right? Mm-hmm. Uh because of the audience, but also, this is more of a of an introduction. I'm, I certainly just as a, a preamble or preface to what I'm going to talk about. I'm not an expert, right? I'm not presenting mm-hmm. this as an expert, but as um, as a writer and as an educator, um, given my experiences, really using this thing, and I've been using this a lot. Uh, OpenAI is the is the uh research and development ai company um they developed uh it was released in november 2022 um, and it can answer complex questions do language translation generate complex text and uh that includes you know essays and creative writing um hence the concern right here is uh, let l- let me give you an example of um, what ChatGPT can do. Uh, I I asked it to write a haiku about um, about itself in the style of Robert Frost. Okay. Um, do you want to do you want to read it, Marcos?
0: Happy to. I don't know if ChatGPT would give it the full Frost <laughs> and how it would read it out loud. I'll do my best. Whose words? these are i know a program with wisdom to sow chat gpt's words like new fallen snow
2: mm-hmm.
0: so what do you think uh, is it <laughs> is it frost like <laughs> i mean it's interesting that like snow it is <laughs> yes. is even there right, right. So, was there was it's like okay okay robert frost i know he's i've got i've got the data that yeah. this is a poet but his name is also frost so maybe that's what he's looking for <laughs> so let me throw in uh snow um yeah i think it seems pretty uh robert frost frosty um and I, I think I would be able. from context. You can guess it's not by Robert Frost, <laughs> sure. right? <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> anachronistic with, uh, ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but. Huh? At first, it, well, I guess what I mainly notice is that when I decided I wanted to sell it, right. And I try and I, uh, all I know about acting is that it's pro, it's, what children do, you make believe, you pretend, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I imagine that I'm this, uh, I don't know, brainy new Englander, uh, (laughs) who really is feeling these words, right. And, and, and it's just releasing them to get across. It, it felt very, uh, real and, and plausible and human. Um, as I look back on it, uh just looking at the words on the page it kind of um i don't know if it says anything <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah yeah so it so it satisfies the requirements of the assignment without right. without uh any excellent. substance
1: that's an excellent uh observation i, I concur uh 100 hmm. so this is what chappy kind of does um it will satisfy the assignment um, poetry I think it's it's not it's forte um, it's it, neither is fiction by the way I think um uh it tends to be a bit generic I think honestly, most of what I've seen tends to be like that um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of its writing, so if we're talking about essays or um creative writing. I think it, uh, it tends to be kind of, uh, generic. Um, there's something about this that seems, um, I like your, your adjective frosty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and the, the fact that there's snow there (laughs) is interesting. Um, I think Maybe, uh, given the way that these things work, uh, you know, words, uh, it it, it looks at associations between words. And so I'm actually Mm -hmm. not super surprised that the word snow is in there Mm -hmm. in this Robert Frosty haiku. Yeah. Um, But it it is uh, haiku-like and it's frost-like. And so this is the kind of stuff that, ChatGPT can do at the moment, right? This poem, by the way, based on um, the uh, ChatGPT uh, 3.5, right? The
0: the free version. Um, all right, so that's a demo. Hey, can I can I give one other thought about that haiku? Yeah. On on a little closer examination, it's really only, I mean, it's failing on something that's pretty hard to do for humans, right? Mm. Um,
2: sure, yeah.
0: Uh, it's it's a rhymed haiku, right? Yeah. That's that's difficult generally and um a rhymed
1: haiku that's mimicking another writer. Yes. And yes, punning on his name. Yes, yeah. Maybe intentionally, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think once you got snow, you have the rest of it, right? Cuz you there're only so many words that rhyme with snow. Um But, or, or maybe it's, but actually it apparently is the inverse because actually the first and the second line work quite well and they build, you know, but the third line doesn't really work as a payoff.
1: Right. Um, Well, if you understand um, haiku as a form.
0: Yeah. A punchline or surprise. It doesn't work as a twist either.
1: Yeah. Like, so it doesn't do that, but I think the reason why it does this is mm-hmm. because haikus, uh, or haiku, since um, Japanese, you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't pluralize that. I think that um, it's doing it because of the, uh, it's utilizing nature. It knows, okay, I I need to utilize uh, <laughs> nature. <laughs> this is a haiku. Uh, and I think that's why that's it. Okay. Dope. Thank you. So, uh, one thing that's important is to understand um, these technologies, um, these uh, language model um, uh, technologies. I'll talk about what that is. Um, to understand what's being driven at, like what is the the goal, because um, And giving this talk to students um, and even to to faculty, to educators, um, I think it's important not to be myopic, right? Mm Short-sighted in understanding um, whatever its shortcomings are now. These technologies will continue to evolve. So what is it that we really should be thinking about preparing Mm -hmm. for? Um, So according to OpenAI's um, About section, um, their mission is to ensure that, uh, quote, artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. Um, I want to talk about artificial general intelligence because I do think that that's the, the, the goal. Um, so to talk about artificial general intelligence, let me quote, uh, Larry Page, um, co-founder of Google. He Mm. says that, um, the ultimate search engine is something as smart as people or smarter uh, for us working on search is a way to work on artificial intelligence end quote that's one definition of agi or artificial general intelligence right um, an intelligence that is as smart or smarter than people uh, because if you're trying to help people with technology it would be helpful if that technology understood people right And and it takes a certain level of intelligence to truly understand the world in the way that a human does, and so right now, uh, technologies are um, kind of they're they're not generalized, right? They're good at specific tasks, whether it's playing chess or um, whatever it is, um, being a calculator or being a chatbot, but it it can't do the types of things that people can do. And I thought this was important to mention because um, this is maybe a sign of things to come, right? There, there have been people like Larry Page um, who have said that you know there. I think the quote was the quote that I'm thinking of is something like there are glimmers of AGI. Like AGI has not arrived yet, but it's like we can start to see. the 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 inklings of it and um this is the maybe enemy is is too strong of a word but this is the thing that we need to be concerned about i think
0: yeah well you know i think we need to evaluate uh as as your source seems to be we need to evaluate the um the the interests of of the speakers here um at, at to understand why the the speakers may be saying what they're saying right because um these statements are are from people at this point right um right larry page co-founder of google um found to be uh illegally monopolistic by the european union you know uh, pretty easy to make that argument um and peter Thiel, who is also a a billionaire right so these are billionaires speaking and he's and and uh peter Thiel uh controls paypal and he's uh he's a rent extractor toll co- collector for online commerce you know Um, and if you just have the internet and tolls, you know, being charged by a for-profit monopoly, there's a, there's a pretty good revenue model, at least for, for Peter Thiel there, whether or not there are any other jobs (laughs) created, you know, Mm -hmm. and no matter how many jobs are eliminated, but, but yeah, just notably, these are not neutral speakers this is not a neutral actor open ai and and that's really problematic about how they're named because open means something in this industry wikipedia is an open source not-for-profit platform open ai is called open but it's not Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that that's important to acknowledge um uh, actually this is something that that elon musk has has said you know he Mm -hmm. um invested in the company. Uh yeah. apparently according to him, he named it. Um and uh yeah, it refers to open source, right? And right now, uh given acquisition by uh Microsoft of something like forty nine percent of open AI, it's, yeah. it's 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 not open yeah. uh anymore. And, uh-huh. and and so uh yeah looking forward I think we do want to understand the uh, the, the the business models um, moving forward, and uh, it it wants to benefit all of humanity, and that's easier to do if you're open source and and nonprofit. But when you're for profit and you're closed, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, maybe there's a conflict
0: there. I mean, we'll 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 see. Um, let's yeah. discuss. That. I think that's a, that's a fair way to frame it. Thank you. Let's talk about how it works. Uh, uh,
1: because this is another issue that um, well the issue with this will become clear later mm-hmm. so um, let's understand how it works um, so chat gpt is a large language model which is a type of computer program that uses ai to generate human-like responses to text-based input um, i think human-like is is a key term here mm-hmm. it's really good at seeming to be human and it's so good in fact i don't know if you recall just real briefly as a, just a, a an anecdote um the uh, former google engineer um what is his name i think it's blake LeBon or something like that um uh he thought it was sentient and he um and he, uh, he, he was actually fired um, from Google, um, which might make people feel conspiratorial or something. But uh, I read into it. And it's like he was trying to share data that he wasn't supposed to. And it, there was this whole thing uh, between him and the company going on for a while. But, um, you know, there's at least one person who's deep in the trenches who thinks this stuff is sentient. And I don't think it's sentient um, at the uh, at the moment, um, these large language models, but uh, just as an anecdote, it's interesting how good they are at seeming to be human.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if you
1: wanted to say something about that.
0: Uh, I think it uh, mostly reveals Maybe sentience isn't the most meaningful question, especially in terms of rule of law and human actors being held responsible. Yeah, I mean, there,
1: there might it might be a significant question uh,
0: when it comes to
1: how we treat these systems, right? how, how we use them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there are no such things at the moment as, I don't know what you would call them, artificial, like AI rights or AGI rights. But, uh, you know, if we base our morality on, um, you know, the sentience of, of, of minds, then um, this becomes an important ethical issue.
0: Okay. All right. well, then I do have a point of view on that. Like, I don't, um, it's ultimately all about solidarity and compassion. And, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a, a path to very good, uh, even con- socially constructive ethics that starts from, um, we should treat people well because they're smart. Or creatures well because they're smart or because they think oh. I think it the the an ethical question is how is is asking about suffering and being empathetic yeah with with suffering right and given um the amount of uh industrialized imposition of of pain mm-hmm. you know that um is fundamental to our economy both it for human experience global economies both for human experience and animals you know yeah. uh our animal and other animals you know um i think it's uh weird to uh well okay great you want to talk about sentience but let's um i guess let's talk let's start from um maybe the chickens and go on out from there right right there's uh, you know the, their current uh,
1: issues with uh, th- that, that deserve our, our attention. I think that that's true. Um, just thinking that we might have to extend that moving forward, right? It's not a, okay. a, an either or. Uh, Are there any signs that AI can suffer? Right, and, and also I wanted to clarify when I meant sentience that, that that's what I meant, like um, ability to, to, to feel um, mm-hmm. um, like a conscious experience. Um, and so according to the former, um, Google engineer, uh, and, and if you read the, the logs of its conversations, yeah, it did say that it, it was suffering and that it didn't want to be turned off. Um, oh, wow. Okay. it did say that, but, um, but my interpretation of that is, is that, um, <laughs> it seems so obvious and I don't understand how somebody who works at Google is as smart as that guy is uh didn't come to the, to a similar conclusion but to me it's once you understand uh, some of this stuff we're going to talk about how it works then yeah. it's easy to see why it's so human like so yeah. let let me that's actually a good segue into these two other points great so the the large language model uh I might use the Initialism LLM okay. uh, moving forward. So that's what I mean. Uh, a large language model uh, has been uh, trained on a massive data set of human language. Okay, that's really important, which it uses to analyze input and predict the most likely word or sequence of words to follow the input prompt based on st- statistical patterns learned from the training data. So, um, two key things to understand. One is that it it seems so human-like because, in a sense, it is human. Uh, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. splicing together human ideas and human responses. Um, in fact, in the logs uh, where the former Google engineer um, was was talking to uh, uh, the Lambda, which is Google's LLM, um, which is I think bigger and more impressive than. Uh, <laughs> Then uh, open AIs, uh, it, it it kind of said that the way to be the most beneficial as a uh, as as a as a technology uh, as a as a chat bot is to be is, is to answer questions as a human. and so that's why you get these human responses whenever you ask. ChatGPT or google's bard question you should mm. consider you know what response would you expect from something trained on a large human corpus you, mm. you would think you know um you would likely get uh, responses that are pretty typical um uh, especially if you google search something um you know you, you find Answers tend to have a certain uh, pattern to, to certain kinds of questions, whether they're ethical questions or uh, certain things like that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that um, the way that it, it responds to things um, is uh, statistical. It's based on probability. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've texted, uh, most people who text on a smartphone, they get like this suggested word. Um for, uh, so, like, instead of typing out the next word, it will suggest a word, uh, so you can just uh, click on the word or tap the word instead of having mm-hmm. to write it out, and that's supposed to be useful. Um, so, ChatGPT works in a similar way in that it it looks at the it, its probability distributions it has established as a result of its training um, to pick the next likeliest word, and so it accumulates a certain number of words. And then it's like, what is the next likeliest word to to fill the prompt? As we saw with the with the haiku, um, is trying to satisfy the the assignment, as you said. Um, and so, just really quickly, um, this is the other point: the response is generated using a process called sampling, where ChatGPT randomly selects words from its learned probability distribution to create text that is grammatically correct and coherent. So. There's a there's an there's a random element to it that makes it seem um, authentic. Uh, so it will randomly select a word uh, based on your prompt, and that's the way that it begins. Um, and uh, from there, it's it's just making these connections. Essentially, even people in the field say that like they don't know exactly how it works. Um, Google CEO Pichai, um, uh, 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 I think his name is, um, said that, you know, in a sense, it's the, there are there are elements of these technologies that are kind of like a, a black box. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I think yeah. all that to say that there's um, there's an element to this that seems authentic and. Uh, random and that's useful but i think it's also important to understand that it's it's also not what it appears to be right which is uh an intelligent response from something with let's say human level intelligence
0: how much of the field of psychology is looking into the black box of of our thoughts and feelings you know our minds yeah that's an excellent point you know
1: um like we don't understand how (laughs) our own brain works right we can't reverse engineer the brain but but at the same time we're also trying to create this thing yeah that's kind of modeled on the brain to some extent um there are these neural uh, networks that uh, that these things have uh, they they they're modeled after the brain in a sense and they're not as complicated but you know it, it's it's kind of funny when you think about it like we're using our we're, we're limited by this thing and the, and now we're trying to create this other thing that's like the brain mm-hmm. um you know, but we're clearly limited by the abilities of our brain to create the brain. It's like, a, it's almost like you're trying to create a simulation of the world. You know, but it's like the simulation has to be, in some sense, like a like a degraded version of of the world because you're just limited by like power and then like just the physics of what you can, you know, of of what you can actually put in the uh, in the simulation. Mm. But these things are also not limited by biological evolution. So um, these mm. things will evolve faster and and we'll have uh, organizations, connections between these uh, these artificial neurons that you know, I think will be superior to what evolution has given us um, at at some mm. point in the future. And so, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think AGI is 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 coming, and um, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, okay, but I have to finish this talk. So let's let's wrap up with this. So I talked about how students can use ChatGPT, right? And I talked about research, writing, and collaboration. I will skim through research, um, and focus a little bit on writing. Since on Alandad, you know, we focus on our two art forms because we know them best. Um, Mine is uh, basically creative writing and yours is music. So um, in terms of of research, um, I I did mention some do's and don'ts. Uh, You can learn more about your topic. You can find sources. You can generate summaries of academic papers. But at the same time, you don't want to take what ChatGPT says as gospel um you want to make sure that you verify your sources chat will straight up not just make up sources it will make up quotes um and it doesn't understand that that's not what you want and it's not ethical uh, and it it's just a bizarre thing to do and the wow first, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah significant I've, I've points that. there yes that's a very significant thing i think for for everyone to to understand um uh it's trying to it's playing a language game okay um it it doesn't Mm -hmm. think like a person um it's it's giving you um what it thinks you want and if it doesn't have the specific data that you want (laughs) it will still try to 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 pass the class, if you will. OK. Now, writing is pretty complicated. Um, I do think there are some positive ways that you can use uh, these technologies, these LLMs. Um, but they come at some serious risk. And this is what a lot of educators um, and students are like uh, really fighting about, um, talking about, um, So here's some ideas, and and I don't know if you agree or disagree with these. Uh, Let's look at these points. Um, You can use uh, LLMs to uh, generate, um, so what I wrote here was a a basic outline of points. Um, You can um, create an an, an outline, essentially, of of what you want to talk about. And this is good in that it might save you time. and it can do other things, right? It can create a uh, a draft for for comparison or for ideas. I have heard of people in other contexts, in blogging, using these things to uh, to kind of like do the draft and then just edit the draft. And as an educator and as a writer, I don't think that that's a great idea, um, especially if you just keep doing that. Um, And so part of the don'ts are uh, don't rely heavily on it to brainstorm or to create drafts, you know, um, especially with creative writing. Like the the goal is to be creative. You want to use these technologies to enhance your skills. Um, They will atrophy your skills if you do that in particular. Right. Like, you know, write me a short story about, you know, a, a vampire and a werewolf and uh you know set in the 19th century in romania mm-hmm. and it'll do it um and and you can edit that but i think it's <laughs> better to use it for like to generate ideas um to to see what kind of interesting plot points you might have um not to just like just like edit that um and of course, uh, there's plagiarism, right? Plagiarism just becomes so much easier with these things. And I told you before about a particular magazine, um, Clark's World, that um, I forget the exact numbers, but they rejected hundreds of people um, after ChatGPT came out. And and they have these, you know, you can you can look it up, just how many people they're rejecting uh, nonstop because of of plagiarism. Because of these technologies, um, so it's it's a huge, huge um blow to um, to creative writing, to writing in general. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this? Do you have um, an opinion about
0: how it's impacting writing? Um, yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot there. Um you know, I, I personally have had these like moments of despair. Because we do like to think that I don't know. Writing has this intimacy to it, you know. It kind of echoes the the unspoken life of the mind, the imagination, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I and I put I put so much work into um, this uh, pretty big body of work of Hundreds and hundreds of compositions that I'm trying to sift my way through now, you know, and um, the the traditional ways of talking about. Or pardon me, the received teaching I got about what it would mean to market work, you know, creative work and. uh, What they just don't make they don't make sense to me so much um unique value you know um uh unique value to reader um yeah you know because i do think we've we've crossed a place where where the ai can win the imitation game in just about Mm -hmm. um in many well in the two creative fields where i'm most engaged Words that are meant to live on the page and words that are tied to music, you know, and, and, and voice. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> there's more there, but first, let me just acknowledge that it's, I, um, uh, more gen, we can talk about this later, but more generally, I think it points out that uh, when people say that markets, um, assess value. Your are it's, it's similar to saying that the AI did it, you know, markets are made by, by people governed by prevailing authorities, you know, um, and markets aren't, um, it, we were, markets are not a very reliable way of, um, assessing the value of human creative work, Saying which work has broadest value, even um, I think that is maybe laid bare by AI mm. in time. Yeah.
1: Okay. So um, one thing I wanted to say is that uh, you, you're right. It, it is um, getting better at this at the imitation game as as you called it um and i'm reminded of like this scientific study that that showed that (laughs) that if you um if you showed uh children i I forget exactly the the age of the the kids i think they were like kinder kindergartners um if you if you show like these five-year-olds um uh movies (laughs) right and you can, you can show them movies made by other five-year-olds essentially,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or you can show them like award-winning, you know, films, um, <laughs> and, and have them value it, like how good they think these things are, right? The, <laughs> the conclusion is kind of obvious here, the, based on everything we talked about and just like, if you think about it, um, that, that the, the, the five-year-olds uh, valued, um, the, the 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 films made by other five year olds like a lot more than, <laughs> than these great films right so 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 value is subjective right and and yeah you talked about the market and and there's a lot of stuff out there that's extremely popular that i think both of us you know think sometimes in private uh sometimes publicly you know we're like, this, <laughs> this is trash you know like this is just not good um they, I, I won't name anything right now but um Hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Neither will whether I. Whether it's in music or whether it's oh, yeah. in, in writing, uh, I can I can mention some stuff. But um, Dan Brown.
0: Uh,
1: I wasn't actually gonna name I, I to. Oh,
0: okay, know. sorry. I, I was gonna actually well. she <laughs> I'm over my cough now. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, the Twilight <laughs> series,
1: you know, was was not uh... the best written. Uh, piece of 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 literature, but it it sold incredibly well. Yeah. Um yeah. Anyway. Um the thing is like right now we're at an interesting point in in this technology in that like if you pay attention, you notice it's not deep, right? This is not this is not good work, right? We read the the frost poem and it's like Mm -hmm. okay. Like that's better, probably, than the average person in the street can write. Uh, can do the same task, right? Especially, you know, uh, if we include time as a, as a variable. But if, um, but if you ask a, a poet, you know, or or Robert Frost, <laughs> to write that haiku, <laughs> you would get an infinitely better poem but at the same time what i'm worried about is the gap will start to decrease and um there's there's nothing in uh intelligence derived from evolution that i that i don't think can be replicated um artificially um eventually and um that that's i mean who am i to really give that perspective but i i I agree so yeah yeah. a lot of people tend to agree with that in in Mm -hmm. psychology neuroscience um artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. so all right um moving forward it's it's going to be a challenging a challenging time
0: yeah. And last um, on this topic, uh, have you have you been following the Writers Guild of America strike? I have not. I've read like two short articles about it. Um, I, I, yeah. And I can
1: talk about those things briefly. But um, t-
0: just that AI is one of the key uh, points that they're striking. Yeah, of.
1: absolutely. Right. AI is, is a key, key concern. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the exploitative nature of of, of, of capitalist incentives or application of capitalism. And so, um, I think that, uh, that's definitely there. And so, and, and the, the WGA strike, I think also highlights, um, this struggle between, um, productivity, right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we created these technologies to begin with, mm-hmm. um, and human, the human value system, um, mm. you know, um, why do we make stories? Why do we find – why make stories? I mean, yes. you look at the human yes. experience. Um, we really value stories. Uh, you know, one of my favorite articles, maybe of all time, is uh, the story of storytelling. Uh, it was published in The Atlantic, I believe um and it's about the origin of storytelling and how incredibly important these things are you know if you want to get sciency from an evolutionary perspective but also just from human value perspective in early human societies and 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 how that translates to to today um they they tell us who we are and what we believe and what we aspire toward You know, I kind of compared them a little bit to like almost the storytellers and how valuable they were in in these tribal societies to like almost uh, priests. It it held that much significance. Writing is definitely being disrupted for sure. So there are ways to collaborate with these technologies that can help you. Um, You know, uh, I've had extended even frust- frustrating conversations with uh, ChatGPT in particular um, about stories or about different things, uh, uh, it trying to use it in a productive way. Um, it, it can suggest improvement. It can react to things that you write. It can help you focus on writing by helping you solve things in the way so if you're writing stories you know it it might help you for example if you're writing a science fiction story and just logistically you want to understand the mapping of a starship let's say um, given certain scientific constraints you know gravity and uh, or the lack thereof in space um, and uh, food and all the sort of stuff that you need to think about for like a interstellar trip ChatGPT can help you gather that information because it does so kind of succinctly you can ask it complex questions and that is that can be used productively and that it can help you focus on the writing you don't need to spend a ton of time googling and reading articles um unnecessarily um if what you really want to do is focus on the story because you know Um, how exactly that ship solves the gravity question maybe isn't the most important thing for you to figure out. Those are, those are, those are important things. Um, on the flip side, you know, you can't replace the perspective of other people with this technology, um, because it's just not that good. Um, and it's, it's incorrect a lot, um. And it's playing a language game. It doesn't have true understanding. Um, And uh, so I think it's still important as a writer to have beta readers, um, to have people to bounce ideas off of. But using these technologies to supplement what you're already doing, I think, um, can be productive. Um, And, of course, problem solving is an important skill as well. And so it really just ma- it really depends on what's important to you. Uh, that was one of the points I was making in, in this section. Here's a here's a serious uh, concern um, ultimately that I think needs to be considered um, for anybody using these technologies. Uh, I frame this particularly for for educators and students. Um, I think it's important for for anyone using these technologies. Um, let's first acknowledge that these things don't have subjective experience, right? They don't have uh, feelings and emotions. They don't experience the world or culture. Um, And they're not great at understanding irony and sarcasm and poetic uh, use of language. And so um, I read this really good um, op-ed in the New York Times called The False Promise of ChatGPT" by Noam Chomsky and others. Um, And the The point made there was that the way that chat GPT thinks and and humans think is different. um and and the implications of that are important. So humans create explanations for the world. We have understanding. Um, we can infer, we can abstract. We have at, when we're learning language uh, or when we typically use it, we have a much limited, much more limited use of of words um then say one of these machines and we're not quote as chatgpt does uh infer brute correlations among data points right we're not using like math to like make all of these probabilistic uh, connections between words to finish a prompt we're we're creating a story right we're creating a story about the world um and so here's why I think this is important. Educators ask students to think critically, relying on their subjective experience, critical thinking, and so on. Students will rely on ChatGPT to think critically for them, but it can't. But it seems to, right? Mm-hmm. So they, so the students and potentially writers, if they're using this, um, will be using these technologies to. Um, uh help them think critically, right? Whether it's because I mean really an essay is like critical thinking. And um and not only does 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 it not do that, but students will think that it is. And so you're replacing critical thinking with something that looks like critical thinking. Uh, so critical thinking is never actually happening. Um, and that's so core to to what we do as educators is like teach, um, teach students how to think more critically. Um, so yeah, um, I, I think that when I think about this and I think about writing, I think we, we could, um, experience this like a, a, a time, uh, where, and to some extent we've have been seeing that with, um, the current business models of um you know of what sells uh you know i'm not a huge fan of of pop music and um and uh some of the just mass-produced you know marvel films and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. other stories sort of like this twilight and so on that you know um appeal to a a non-critical thinking market who You know, you're hitting them with these things that are maybe deeply ingrained in us because of evolution. You know, Mm. the the, the proverbial examples, right? Sex and violence or sparkly uh, vampires or sparkly vampires (laughs) um, who are good looking and uh, and whatever. Um, Yeah. So I I guess um, we talked a little bit about writing um why don't you talk about your uh your field um mm-hmm. and how do you how do you assess the problem in mm-hmm. music with um these llms and uh well i guess in in your field it's not so much llms um but like although they can be used right to create lyrics and so mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. but uh, these te- these newer generative ai technologies that can make music Uh, Mm -hmm. i did hear that joint with uh drake doing
0: um uh munch uh Uh, yeah that was something it i'm just angry that my um summation of all drake songs did not come out before the ai hit (laughs) (laughs) okay can i can i do mine really briefly yeah go ahead Okay, so the two main sections is so like the quiet section. Okay. It's so hard to be Drake. It's very, very difficult. Hard to be Drake. I'm like a sad puppy dog who raps. And then there's like the you know angry hype section. It is hard to be Drake. It is really, really, really hard to be Drake. <laughs> Etc. There, that's my summary. Thank you. I'll let the people <laughs> at home uh, have a slow clap that builds into a standing ovation. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of um, I think it's many layered. And um, the campus ministry that I pers- participated in in college, we were warned to not put your faith in the, in a, so any so-called God of the gaps, right? Not, not put your sense that you had value. You were worthy of love, that God loved you, that God is, you know, um, that there's a divine, creative, sanctifying and redeeming force at work in the universe. Don't put that ever into, a space where there's not evidence to, there's no evidence yet, right? So there must be a God because how could, how could there be so many species, right? That was an old, (laughs) and actually people still tell that story. Um, And, uh, or in another sense, I must have worth because Abuelita loves me. My grandmother. You know, that was a shortcut to feeling worthy for me. And and my Abuelita passed away, you know, uh recently. So that's a certain crisis for me. Um and and I and I think that we um so so I don't I don't as you said I don't think there's a firm place where it's not that meaningful for me to say, uh, in a technical sense that, oh, this is why people matter, you know, um, cause people can do this. It, it, but it, it, I think it brings, it brings us back to, um, first principles that, that go back to our very identity as, as, as Homo sapiens and yeah, these core questions of, right. Why would we tell stories? You know, um, why, why work? Um, and, and why, and why value people? And I think ultimately it. All that starts from affinity, starts from my, I, I'm going to, my mom loved me, you know, I was, I was brought into the world. I was cared for. I will that, yeah, that work authentically starts from that and, and, and starts from building community and valuing from solidarity and love caring for each other um doing work because there's there's work to be done to knit us together um whether that's creative uh like in terms of what do we need to experience what kind of stories do we need to tell or whether that's um well creative in the more physical sense of what are the things that we need to have you know, um, housing, food, et cetera. Um, and, and markets and the technologies that are advanced by markets. I appreciate in many ways. I like my, you know, my iPhone, um, but markets, uh, need to make profit, right? So that is much easier to pull off, uh, by coming up with things that people didn't know they wanted previously and and selling it to them right so want to have um has been more effective but we've come to think that um we've come to have different premises of why work matters you know and why value people and when i say we i'm talking about uh people who have had the experience and hold the expectation that thoughts and thoughts expressed through typing, <laughs> you know or speaking um, should be a reliable means of employment. Um, there's a there's a broader observation about the history of of work that i think this lays bare also which is work is always work and creativity and technology and understanding is always building on what came before right and and so the innovation is is always by degrees and and so, in a sense, most of the value behind every technology should be held by the commons because, it, because the new innovation is only, by a small degree, it's building on a summation of human knowledge throughout history. And um, working class, yeah, that, I learned that from socialist tradition, that idea. And I I think it's made obvious here, especially the way these AIs just really basically steal other people's work and adapt it. Um, And so socialist workers movement has traditionally also said that technology doesn't um, eliminate work, it only changes it. And I think it's obvious that we have a ton of work to be done. So maybe we could stop wasting time on work that doesn't need to be done and now focus on uh, what we need to do to stop the climate catastrophe and to have health care, to, to give health care and housing and cultural needs to everyone. Yeah, I think that's really well put. Um, Sorry for vomiting that all out. <laughs> no i i appreciate it
1: um and uh what it makes me think about is um how uh generative ai um and a g i in the future um it is um it, it seems like it's it's going to to force a um a realization uh, like a it's going to manifest or bring forward, um, Mm. our value systems in a, in a very forceful way. Um, this is a good segue to the final section of the presentation, which is like looking forward. Um, these things are hard to predict, but like, I do think that as educators, we have an obligation to, um, to try to predict the future, right? Because part of the, 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 The goal of education is to prepare students for the future Um, and that doesn't have to be employment, right? It can be um, the future of human experience, right, as a formative um, experience uh, that can make you more useful for
0: for other people and, and for yourself. So let's look at that. I, but I would just suggest, Jim, that uh, if you're doing that, that sh- should count as employment, and and we can do that. Um, I think modern monetary theory demonstrates that the mo- <laughs> the money comes from the government. Everyone else is a user of the government's uh, money. And therefore, markets are made by government. Jobs can be made by government. um, And we don't need uh, to rely on the notion of basic income. We can have full employment. And if you're, we can have a job guarantee. And so if you're doing what you said, right, you said something like helping people adding value or something like that. How do you put it? Um, it's helping people be more useful to others and to themselves. Yeah, that like <laughs> that, that you, sh- you know, that should count as a job. If you're, if you're able to demonstrate that you're doing that, you know, that should count as a job. And MMT demonstrates that our restrictions are not financial. We're not, um, the market uh we're not we're not restricted by the market we're restricted by real source- resources and imagination um so that I think that's a, the biggest point that I would make though that like um we don't have to fear uh eliminating all of our jobs any more than we have to fear um the debt ceiling hmm. they're both real if we pretend they are, but they're made by us you know we
1: I think this is an important uh time to interject and say that uh we have different uh views on things, and yeah. I am not sure what I think about m m t um but uh but I have learned a lot about it because of because of you and Thank you. Uh, and, and I appreciate that, and so I'll leave it at that because i we have other things to talk about. Absolutely. Um, so this last section of the presentation is uh, looking forward at the future landscape and, and it's titled conclusions or what can be drawn from uh, some of the stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, it seems like uh, LLMs uh, pose a threat to educators and as we talked about, to, to many people many creatives mm-hmm. um and and the future seems uncertain in, in many regards uh, as okay. we talked about um it, one thing seems pretty clear right which is we can't go back uh you know like with steam power you know uh we we can't go back to an uh, a less efficient uh technology um uh I, I'm not saying that we should replace, uh human creativity, certainly not. Um, but I'm saying these technologies are are here and so th- they're likely not going to be going anywhere. Um, at best, I think we can pause, but actually I don't even think that we can pause anymore. Um, right, there was a call uh, by by many prominent people to pause AI research for something like six months. And that becomes kind of a prisoner's dilemma because, like, you know, uh, if if we do and others don't, then we are giving the competitive advantage to the people who don't pause AI research. Um, and as good as the, the intentions are, um, and and I've heard Max Tegmarg and, and others talk about why this is important, um, the intentions are good right we it, it's kind of a black box uh this could usher in an era of super intelligence um and so it's it, what that means to me as a layperson is uh you know an uh, like an unknown uh time right uh, we're talking about potentially an intelligence that's greater than us um by definition we can't understand it um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um as far as i can tell the the, the the near future landscape um is collaborative right human and ai um similar to what's happened with chess uh and that human ai uh chess players are are the best chess players um and um you know this is a pretty safe um you know uh, uh Piece of speculation because it's already collaborative. Um, I just think it's going to be even more so moving forward um, because these technologies are becoming more useful. Because as we talked about with Larry Page, like that's kind of the the point. Many people, including educators, have uh, ha- have thought about like banning these things or, or or you know have taken the approach of kind of almost like running away. Um, it, almost like a, a Luddite kind of um, point of view. And I don't think that that's the right point of view because I think these things are there. Students will use them. They're free. They're online. Um, and uh, creators will use them uh, as long as they're useful. Um, and so I think we need to realize that th- there is no kind of running away from the situation mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as educators are concerned, I, I think, well, I'll just speak more broadly. Um, I think that we can use this to use these technologies, um, to enhance our skills, to be more productive. But I also think that, um, you know, we also need to understand how we might be undermining our, um, creative capacity, the, the things that we value. Uh, for the sake of productivity, right? It, it is kind of a, a double-edged sword. Um, mm. So idea generation is important, in my view. Critical thinking is important. In fact, people define intelligence as, you know, problem-solving. Mm. Uh, so um, mm. just like with so many other things, uh, I quoted the, – the quote from Larry Page actually comes from uh, an article, Is Google Making Us Stupid?, uh, like is Google making us stupid is about the attention economy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you well, wanna... since Aristotle, right? Oh, absolutely. Is, yeah. is writing making us stupid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was the that was um yeah,
1: Socrates uh Oh
0: Socrates at, it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um I'm in fact I, I I read uh Phaedrus, the the Platonic uh dialogue. Um because of that article is Google Making Us Stupid, that mm-hmm. references that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the book, um, Socrates uh, is having this conversation with with Phaedrus, and it's 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 wonderful because it's it's uh it's Plato arguing through Socrates that writing, it's their version of ChatGPT. They're like, yeah. hey guys, this yeah. is not good. This is like you're not really thinking. This is like <laughs> cheap, you know. And of course, we all value writing today, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and and Plato wrote. These things down, right? He's attacking writing <laughs> in writing. You know? um, now, I think he was doing this consciously, right? I don't yeah, think he was yeah. like, I don't like his point in writing the dialogue is like, this is this is how writing can be not uh, in in the way that Socrates is attacking it because it's mimicking the dialogue. Socrates believed that philosophy was not just this; it wasn't an academic thing that you study. It's um it's a lifestyle right it it comes Mm -hmm. from uh the greek words um love and wisdom and uh it's about i i kind of compare it to uh it's kind of like skepticism you know it's like being a skeptic um but it's it's more than that i think it's it's um it's it is a love for um true understanding and so mm. of course the father of that is socrates mm. and he questioned people and questioned everything and his whole thing was like i know that i do not know um and
0: uh i i do want to i don't want to go too far off topic here but but um, it, it it definitely is a meaningful illustration of how ai uh technology that that Thinks or seems to think, yeah, does cut to these very basic questions of of consciousness very quickly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and learning, which is more what we are talking about, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I I think the threat is the reason why people are afraid is that um, these technologies threaten um, the 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 skills that we value as humans we value our ability to think to think critically to create art Um, you mentioned some other things that i think are are beautiful and that maybe people are not immediately thinking about that you know like love you know we value that we love each other we
0: value our relationships to other people as well well and and really there i'm thinking uh in terms of the creation of adaptive community over generations aka evolution uh our our uh prefrontal cortex right the yep. the front of our brains um dr russell barkley and others argue that that uh developed for social interaction for managing our complex social increasingly complex yes. social interactions you know mm-hmm. and and yeah, love. I think is an unavoidable word in in successful human social interactions.
1: I think you've made me realize something in this talk, and I love it. I love when there's like a eureka moment. Um, uh, we are worried that um, our value um, as people is going away, um, potentially um I, I do think that you know agi will be a thing in the future and i suspect that that um that these things will be conscious um even though i understand that uh we don't understand consciousness really um as as a as a as a race of people mm. um a, a, and so th- that is a threat um uh I do think that we will continue to value other um other people we value the stories um human stories because we're human yeah. um we may value a g i stories um mm-hmm. if that it becomes a thing um if if they are conscious um uh but i think there will there will always be a place for human stories and um and finally um like thinking about these technologies and how they continue to evolve um let's say you know we do get agi it's able to take away all of these things let's say it does think better than we do and it's able Mm -hmm. to create art better than we can and it's able to run economies better than we can and it's like at what point like what value ultimately do we have uh, as people? And I think what you said uh, was beautiful because um, they can't take away, um, they can't take away our love um, Mm -hmm. for each other. Um, There's a beautiful early jazz song Mm -hmm. called, um, uh, they can't take that away from me by Ella Fitzgerald and, yeah, uh, yeah. and Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that song is about love. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter uh, no matter what happens here uh, on Earth, um, our, our value as people isn't ultimately tied to whether we're the smartest thing around. Um, or that we can make books better than uh, anything else or make music better than anything else, but that we value these things because we we are people and we value people uh, because of our connections to them. And uh, that's what you helped me realize. And so the future doesn't seem so scary, my friend.
0: <laughs> Amen. I I sure hope so. And I... I would just add as, as I think you help me remember often, um, it doesn't happen by itself, right? That if that's our future, we humans will have to make it, you know, and there's, and I hope that's our future. And, um, Bueno, there's this uh, dicho boricua that I've heard in very, like, Afri-Puerto Rican cultural settings, hay cariño o no hay cariño, right? So there's a social conflict or there, uh, uh, like people are trying to get in and off of the bus at the same time. And this older uh, person from the community says, hay cariño o no hay cariño, uh, and, and so is there affection or is there not affection? Is there a, are we connected or are we not connected? And, and, and the answer, it's rhetorical, right? Cause the answer is, si, sí, hay cariño, right? And then, okay, so let's be patient and let, figure out who's let, probably let people off the bus before <laughs> we let, let more people on. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's like, so if, if there's cariño, we'll also realize, if there is this bonding, we'll realize that there is work. And even actually in some place, if there's um, distrust, there will be work, right? Cory Doctorow argues that there's a technology has never been able to and never will be able to replace a trusted third party mm-hmm. to kind of su- trusted third parties to supervise Transactions and enforce the rule of law you know um and um and if and if there's so yeah, so in a sense that's one part of the future of work and um if there is a solidarity to motivate us if si cariño um we will also See work that can be generative right and and um just expand our potential productivity right I think I'm very disappointed that we haven't gotten to Mars yet right I thought when I was little, I thought I would have walked on the moon right? <laughs> by by you know twenty twenty um uh and and uh a i hopefully could help us um work at the scale of our problems you know which is catastrophic climate change um and what the i heard the surgeon general declared an epidemic of loneliness in the united states as a public health issue you know to name a couple care work caring for the natural world and caring for each other um yeah ai i don't think as you say uh, five-year-olds prefer the movies by other five-year-olds. Uh, evidence seems to suggest that people uh, people do need people. There is a potential for
2: um, for AGI to be the best thing that we've ever invented. Yeah. Um, and,
1: you know, it, it's inheriting our culture, um, uh-huh. and yeah. our beliefs, and we do have the power to raise the baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, to yeah. use uh, you know, this metaphor of, yeah. of um, uh, it's 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 like i mean we are creating if it does if it is conscious i mean we we're we are creating life um and uh so with all the fear of 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 uh, it taking away jobs and, and and human need for for this or for that um and we won't be the most dominant thing around maybe uh whatever you know that even means um uh the, there's also the potential for this being the greatest thing that has ever happened that, that shifts our focus on um uh let's say market driven, you know, algorithms uh for success, uh to true human derived value, um and, and human connection. Um and it, it, in a way, it it will help us to focus on what it actually
0: means to be human. Alandar. Alandar. It can do that for us right now. You know, in the moment, we can we can work to actualize that. Paso a paso. Step by step in life. Paso a paso. Alandar.